I've never heard anybody on any company say, do that. I want yeah. to introduce my, my employees. That would be interesting yeah. to, to hear some of the stories, Absolutely. too. Like, put the microphone Close. next to your mouth. You yes, go. you're not going to talk out of your nose. So welcome to our first official show. Can I say that? Absolutely. 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 Do we have a name for it, though? No. Yeah, not yet. No, we're yeah, getting we there. still don't have a name for it. We're getting there. We'll get there soon. Um, you might hear some names in in the other podcasts. It's just because you know the order ideas, that we throwing we ideas did it. out yeah, there. Yeah, throwing so. ideas. Hopefully, one of them sticks. So, Leo, you want to introduce so, yes, our so, guest uh, today? Our today, first guest today. We have the founder, founder of Tops Knives. Um, people that that know us, you know, Tops has been in business twenty one years. And uh, we get the privilege of having uh, Mr. Mike Fuller here with us today, um, the founder, the founder of of, of this whole of this whole uh, train um, that we've been pushing for for a while, and we we push every day to make better. Um, so, Mike, welcome, welcome to our to our podcast. Thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate being here with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike, uh, let's 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 jump into it. Let's jump into it. So, Tops Tops is uh, is is getting to be a known brand. Um, not just because I'm 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 running you know running the show, but but everywhere we travel, Tops is 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 big out there. Tops is getting known. Um, so w- w- why 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 Tops, Mike? Why 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 did you did you, did you think of starting a knife company? Well, Leo, some twenty plus years ago, uh, myself and uh, my wife. And several uh, good friends of mine who were Vietnam veterans, and uh, they were members of the Special Operations Community Force Recon SEAL Team. And hundred years ago, I was in Special Forces. We were all sitting around discussing some of the pros and cons of the equipment that we had in the Vietnam era. And one of the things that we felt that... Uh, we really needed in those days was a good, strong knife. It certainly didn't have to be pretty because the inherent uses of the knife, for anybody that's been out in the field, it's been more of a tool for digging and hacking and whacking than it has been to be used, such as a, a bayonet. Those days have long since been gone. So we uh, got together, several of us, and started working on the very first design. And uh, that was some 21 years ago. Yeah. And uh, each one of the fellows that I was working with contributed a few bucks. And we launched about October 1998 in Idaho Falls. And during our early days, we were very fortunate because we had uh, input from several people who were either in the military or martial arts specialists, law enforcement, SWAT teams. And it was the synergy of this group of some 10 or 11 people at that stage that created our very first knife, which was the Steel Eagle 107 D as in Delta. Our first run was a whole 19 knives And there I was some 20 years ago driving up to Fort Lewis and was able to sell the knives to some of the local people that uh, we got to know and they were in 
the ranger unit up there. The following year, we started to get demand, which was probably more from the special operations community for specialized tools. And in those days, they only needed maybe a dozen of each piece. And at the time we were making them, we tried to, uh, or I shouldn't say tried, we did ask them that after the tools were used and they were primarily knives, if we could make them available to the public. And with most all of the tools and their knives that were created, we have been able to take the majority of them to the public. And probably for some eight to 10 years, our primary clientele, more specifically during the time when the uh, Iraq situation and the Afghanistan situation and areas in Africa, when those were all going on, we did supply many, many of the soldiers that were going overseas to participate in those situations. <clears throat> Some years, uh, oh, it's probably been eight or ten years back, the bushcraft craze, the survivors, the preppers, and people in that general category, um, it, it became a very um, pronounced movement. There were quite a few things on TV which added to the public interest in it, and we tried to do our part. We didn't switch from the soldiers to the bushcraft industry. We tried to couple them together and use the same energy and thoughts that we had in those early days and started to make tools for the bushcrafting people <clears throat> that were both over-engineered and, I guess, over-qualified for the job. We tried to produce some very hardcore tools that would support uh, operations in any terrain and under any conditions. We truly put our hearts and souls into every design and every piece. Probably six or seven years ago, Leo Espinosa, who did come up through the ranks right from the very bottom to the top, took over the leadership of the company. And under that leadership, we certainly increased in size. More people were added to the crew. Uh, more optimistic and intelligent folks were added to the staff in the creation department people who were marketing-wise, who were photography-wise, and people who just had their pulse on the market. And during that period of time, the company has grown exponentially. And we get letters and communications from every part of the world commending us on a knife that they've received and how good it was in the field. Those are the things that makes our day, and we're also proud of the things that we accomplish. We've grown, and we've grown in production, and we have grown in our ability to listen to <coughs> listen to our clientele. And we've got some great people out there as clients, and we sing their praises as they have sung our praises. 
So in the 21 years that we've been operating, we've had some leaps and bounds ahead. We've had some good people in the industry who have helped us along the way. And we've unfortunately lost a couple of people who are close to us along the way. At any rate, Tops is onward and upward. We chose the name Tops to be there right in that position. And uh, we feel like we're achieving that every single day, every hour, every member of the staff, which are 30 or 40 people, contributes an important part of the production and manufacturing process. And we're proud of every single one of them. And for my part, I thank you all out there. God bless. Thanks, Mike. So pretty much, Mike... Mike gave us a Mike gave us a, a good start to finish, you know, where we're at now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back, Mike. Um, so when I started with Mike, I started about six months after Top started, and we're in a two bay garage. Seriously, two bay garage, and 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 I I know we probably talked about this before, but now you know I can say I have the head honcho here with me. He's gonna back up what I say or tell me I'm full of shit. But um, but yeah, you know, one 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 day. I want to take Jesus, because he's our graphics guy, and take pictures of the places where we've been. You know, we were we were in 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 a garage, in sheds, storage units, and then we start bouncing up to 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 to, you know, we're Smaller we're in a thirty thousand yeah we're in yeah. a thirty thousand square foot building, not the greatest, but hopefully here in the coming years we're gonna build something that 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 you know people can come and do a little tour, and have those pictures. In our tour, you know, is where we started to where we're at now. Um, How about when we were working in the back of your dad's property absolutely. in the garage? Yeah, we we Couldn't we poured, we poured concrete, man. We poured concrete, and I remember, fuck, it was expensive to pour that fucking concrete, Mike. <laughs> Eight hundred bucks, Mike. Son of a bitch. And then we poured concrete, and um, man, it, it was probably like fifteen by eight, fifteen by ten feet of of concrete, you know. And the little little uh, bricks for a stove just on the outside wall of it. Yep, and then a little on the, right on the outside, we built another little shed to to be able to do the heat treat stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, it was crazy. And I remember, you know, Mike talking about, you know, we we supplied military. We did, man. That's we were known when 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 you wanted a military knife. Tops was the first first name on the list. Um. I remember first off, Mike, and correct me if I'm wrong, we, we, we tried to do some military contracts, but they would take so long to get paid, and we didn't have the money to to, to, to be able to afford that. Yeah, because, you know, I remember, and back then, you know, I was just working. I was just working. I didn't know, you know, our, our financial situation. I didn't know none of that, but I but I would, I would, you know, I could see because Mike, Mike would fucking, he would take him and Helen, you know, I'm going to throw her in too, but... They would drive six, seven, ten boxes to the mail, and then right, Mike, right on that, yeah. And, and then Mike would go down a week later and wait for a paycheck to come in, so we can get more steel ordered, or pay off the people, or whatever. And 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 like I said, I was I was I was at the bottom of the totem pole, man. I was I was, you know. So I was just waiting for my paycheck, you know. Um, but I I I, I look back at things now, and then. Shit, you know it's been. Well, and it's 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 amazing to think that at at one point 
that that's what it was like. Because I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody in this building right now has ever had to worry about whether or not their paycheck's going to be on time. We've never had to worry about whether or not we have enough steel to make knives. Correct. You know, I, I don't, I've never seen any of that struggle. So that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, it's crazy to think about that it went, you guys went through all that for yeah, probably and then, years. And then I had a, the other day, sorry to interrupt Craig. No, no. I was looking through some paperwork because I was trying to find some old paperwork and uh, I looked at a pay stub for like 285 bucks. And that's when I was, you know, working just for Mike. You know, I'm not saying I'm making millions of dollars, but I'm close to it. <laughs> but but uh and that was but two weeks work right <laughs> exactly two weeks work worth wow. of work 285 bucks you know and and just how time has changed man crazy fuck you know everything's so goddamn expensive so so people when when they go to the to the table and they look at our knives and they say holy shit 125 bucks for this I'm like, you fucking <laughs> cocksucker, go fucking put in some work with you us know what's, see how much time it is. What's funny about you know? that is our prices haven't really increased a lot. No, no, no. I think throughout the years, Mike, I think we probably raised the prices four times max. I yes, agree with you in on 20, that. In 21 yeah. years. Since I started working here, you've only raised the prices once. Yep. Yeah. And that's five, and six I'm, years And ago. I'm talking, I'm talking maybe four times because I remember early, early on, Something happened with the steel that that we had to we, we we had to do something so that's the reason it changed and then back when it changed from one fifty four to ATS thirty V ATS thirty four yeah you know all that you know I remember that's when we had to make a change but maybe three three to four times in twenty one years and all the all the changes and all the innovation and all the all the improvements and efficiency have been able to keep the prices absolutely. where they are. You know, absolutely, that's, that's, and we're always, you know, we're always pushing. We're always pushing, even on our side, to, one, first of all, to give the best price. Second, to get the best price for, for our materials, for our steel, whether it's buying more, whether it's buying, you know, big containers, whatever it is, so we can keep that price low. Think about it. Made in America, with the prices that we're pushing out of here, you you can't find any other thing. Hand finished the way, the, the amount of hand work yeah, that goes yeah. into each knife. You know, even even say like handguns made in America. I'm going to use, can I say gun name? Yeah, we're not ca- talking about them as a sponsor. Yeah, so no, yeah. no, we're not talking. To, but yeah. like. Uh, um, Unless they want to sponsor us, then yeah. we can. Then hit me up. Yep. What is that little, the little revolver, the American arms? The North Arm? American arms. North American arms. Tiny little gun, three, four hundred bucks. Yeah. They're made in America. They're small little n- guns. I I have like two or three of them because I know how much work goes into one of those things. I don't care to pay three four hundred bucks for them, you know. So like I said, it, it's just people. Once people see, and I know down down the line we'll be doing more videos of what we do and stuff like that, and so people will get a better idea. And and we have some videos out there, but but I think if we make our own, we make our own. Uh, people will get a, a good understanding on how much work yeah. goes into one of our blades. Um, yeah. So. I have a question coming back to that, the Steel Eagle 107 Delta. So that's the first knife we ever did, 19 or so. Was there like a prototype process to that? Like did you start with the drawing and just that was that? Or how how did that work? Uh, Like the start of uh, many of the projects for people out there, it was uh, a Denny's Midnight Special. And yes, it was on a big napkin, which got transferred to a, brown paper bag and um, first first made out of uh, 
just cut out by steel and uh, by hand. And I was working with a gentleman at that stage who was able to do some of the grinding. And we kind of designed and went along um, uh, and improved the design on the first one. Uh, when the first one was completed, uh, because we live in an area that's very close to the forests, uh, the woods, uh, we drove out of town and beat the living hell out of that piece of equipment. And I got to tell you, that 107D lasted and lasted, and we still have it today. As a matter of fact, a rather humorous story on that specific model, or I'm sorry, this was on the Tom Brown tracker, which came soon after that. Uh, we had a request, uh, which came in via email from a soldier who was, as I recall, a chaplain in Iraq. And uh, he, unfortunately, was in the middle of uh, an IUD explosion. IED explosion. Is it? IED, I'm sorry. Yep. IUD goes someplace else. That, that it does. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know where. <laughs> At any rate, he and his crew happened to be a, in an IED um explosion and he lost a lot of his equipment including his tracker knife and he went back some six months later to that same village because he loved that knife and um, he with an interpreter had a $20 bill and had the people in the village come around him and uh, he was offering the $20 bill if anybody could find his knife and he had a picture of his knife, which he showed around. And uh, about five, ten minutes after that, little woman comes out and um, shows him the knife, and it looks all beat up, but it was definitely his knife. And uh, the question he had for us was, would we honor the warranty if it was all beat to hell? We presently have that knife. The woman had been using it after she found it to split wood, and she was hitting it with the back or on the back of the knife with a piece of rebar. The knife is beat to hell. And we were so pleased with how it did stand up to the continual beatings that we happily replaced the chaplain's knife. Who else could you do it for besides a chaplain? And uh, we were happy to do it. And it was just a, a wonderful story that I remember and all of the the notes that we used to get from soldiers when they'd receive their knife or they'd been using it in the field. Sorry to interrupt you guys. No, no, I, I bet he wishes he still had that knife, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you, so the the we first, have that knife. We have that. Here. You have that tracker here. Yeah, yeah you've shown yeah. me that. That's. Um, what about so? What about that first 107D? Do you have that one still? Uh, I think we do. I believe we do. We have I think a, we do. I think we have it in, yeah, the, in, that, in the boxes. In the box. Yeah, you don't want me to that. take a picture of it or something? We need to find <laughs> that thing. Yeah. What about the drawing? Oh, you know, in the in the early days. Yeah. Um, I bet that thing would be worth money right now. Probably would. They were all done by hand. Some of them were kept. Um, there's a great degree of the change uh, and direction of the style of the knives. Anybody that uh, remembers our early days should recall or would recall the very straight and angular design of the knives, which was the only way I could think of in those days. 
and you will notice maybe 10 years uh, out from the origin that the lines of the knives have got more curves, look a little bit sexier, still do the job. (laughs) And uh, and that sexy part came from Leo. And uh, many people who've come to our table at Blade Show or at SHOT Show notice the difference, and uh, it doesn't make me feel bad. I guess I'm just a straight and angular kind of guy and leo's the sexy one so <laughs> i got a go. lot of curves back <laughs> there you go. Yeah. all right so after so after the steel eagle after that 107d comes out um what was the what was the next one was it still the was it still steel eagles was it the like the 111 the 105 we like, we what? did um capitalize on the success of the steel eagle the very next one that we made was uh, the Steel Eagle 111. And uh, we had that on display at a show in Salt Lake City. And uh, a young, very muscular young man came by and kept playing with it at the table. And uh, we were just having a chit-chat. And it turns out that this fellow was uh, in the early TV series... Uh, Grizzly Adams, and he played uh, the American, or what's the proper term, the Native American, mm-hmm. who uh, starred in the show as well. And uh, he, he was uh, looking for a knife that he could go wild pig hunting with. And uh, we kind of jazzed one up as best we could and brought it back to him or shipped it to him in Salt Lake City. And he did take it out on a boar hunt. And I don't know how many people out there in the audience go wild boar hunting with a an eleven inch blade, but he did, and uh, had all the pictures to prove it. What a guy! Is that that picture that's hanging by Martin by uh, the shipping? Or? That's the fellow. Yes, yeah, <laughs> same nice. guy. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So uh, you know, it, it those little things were just happy moments for us. We had uh, certainly, like anybody else, our ups and downs and left and rights, but. You know, the momentum and the enthusiasm, the synergy from the staff, the people who were with us just prompted us to go on and on and do better things all the way and every day. There isn't a person on this staff that's been here probably at least six months or a year that doesn't think about anything but knives. As a matter of fact, I was rather surprised one day when I saw Leo who wears shorts in the winter time, <laughs> particularly below freezing. Yeah, uh, there's more stories, I guess, on that. But he, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it keeps his nuts on the rise or what it is, but <laughs> it does something. So there he is, coming in one day, proud as hell. He's got a tattoo on his left leg on the calf. Yeah. of a Steel Eagle 107. And he said, see, this is me and knives. And uh, even his wife liked it. I thought she would probably throw him out of the house. But, <laughs> but it, it was uh, certainly an indelible mark for me to see the uh, enthusiasm and the loyalty for the company and, and for each one of us. This is, this is not a company of people. This is a family that grows and grows. And 
we're just proud of every single person that comes into the fold and does something new and, and wonderful that we can appreciate. We've got a great graphics department that just is out of sight. And every time I see something that comes out of there, I just think, wow, I, I, it's just unbelievable, the photographic and graphic work that comes out of there. And and we've got such a wonderful fellow who runs the marketing and kicks ass and takes names. And uh, young Craig, is he does a good job. By the way, the, the graphics, the head of the graphics department, Jesus, what a nice fellow. Big, tall, hard-ass-looking guy who's <laughs> completely the soft, opposite, huh? Real soft. Just loves <laughs> holding his baby. Oh, so, yeah. That's the kind of guys we have here. Yeah, so, so uh, Thank I'm, you, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh, people are going to hear me say this more, you know, often. About about how this is more of a family than it is it is is work you know coming coming to coming to work and then having employees that's not really the, how I see things it, it's a family that we have here where I think we're 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 together more than we are with our own families at home and so you know this is this is tops this is who we are but go I want to jump back I want to jump back to to the designing I was just uh, when Mike was talking about you know designing the Steel Eagles and stuff like that I remember. Shit, it was probably like my first or second shot show. Um, we got invited to a big dinner that they do. I think it's on like on a Tuesday or something. They shot, and back then, Mike, Mike, you know, we would drink a Corona once in a while. And I remember Mike, Mike got a a, a shot, like a drink, a drink. I don't know what kind of liquor it was. And then he started drawing a he started drawing a a knife on the on the tablecloth. Of this, of this fucking place. <laughs> and I'm was talking it a like a cloth, um, table cloth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice, you know. It's a fancy. People that've been to shot and they've been to this dinner, they know what I'm talking about. They they either invite like a comedy guy or somebody famous to this to this uh, dinner. I remember Mike drawing that, and he's showing me, and he's like, "Take that with you." And I'm like, "How the fuck am I gonna take that with me?" <laughs> And Mike you pulls out of the fucking tablecloth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you recall that, Mike? Oh, do you remember man. that? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a bill in the mail for a shot show for like $1,000 for, like for a tablecloth. You know, and I, I, think, I think it was in Orlando. It was Johnny Walker's scotch. Yeah. Yep. It was in go. Orlando. Where that was my first or second show that I did, the shot show. <laughs> and I remember, fuck, we had to walk a fucking mile from the parking lot to the booth. Yeah. Um, and Seriously? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. This right now we have it easy where they fucking load everything in the car and drive it up to our booth, you know, and then we have to fucking carry a dolly and we're pissed off. No, yeah. we had to walk yeah. a fucking mile. I'm not playing. But I remember he cut it out of that fucking tablecloth <laughs> and we took it with us. Do you remember what knife it was? No, I don't. I don't. You oh, I, don't even, I don't even remember if we ever. You guys did have a million knife. stories like this. Every time that I think I like. You know, know a everyone? lot of the stories. No, and then and there's then something just, else you, you guys know, throw out. It's just talking about crazy. it. I think it triggers my mind. Fuck, I rode around with Mike easily, easily every single day. I'm not lying. Every single day, maybe except Saturday or Sunday, but but we drove in the same car. We drove up to Rexburg, which is about fucking twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes to Rigby, um, to another place here in town. Um, but every day we were, we were in the car together. Every single day for about five years. Um, so stories, you know, stories would push back and forth. And, you know, Mike found out why I fucking wore shorts in the winter and <laughs> stuff like that. I think you need to tell that story now. <laughs> no, it, it, I really it, it, it was, know. you know, shit. I was like maybe 18, 19, 
probably and in and in here in Idaho it's legal to drink at, at nineteen. Yeah. Different <laughs> <So>. laws. <laughs> different laws in Idaho. Okay, let's go ahead and just clear that up right now. That's not legal. Oh no. Um, oh no, shit. Fuck no, it fucked that's up. Not, that's not true. Damn, they told me different. But anyways, I was either I was either hungover or still drunk. But hey, I never missed a day of work, no matter what 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 you know, how I was. Um I was I was always I was always I was always there. I, I just remember when he would uh, come into work, and uh, we're in the shorts and a t-shirt, and of course he had a boombox in his car or his truck, <laughs> and uh, there it was. It was probably thirty degrees, and we were working in a double bay garage, and that the door was open most of the time because we were sandblasting out in the open, and. Uh, I looked over at him, and I swear to God, I didn't see a goosebump on his skin whatsoever. <laughs> it wasn't until 10 years later that he told me he used to come to work, and he was just slightly, ever so slightly inebriated. <laughs> so, the important part of that story is, if you're going to be inebriated, show up to work on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, preferably yeah. if you work for tops, just don't come to work. Yeah, don't. don't That's the funny thing about Leo, though. Yeah. When when he gets drunk, you really can't tell. Like he's it's got to get. He's got to get like super before yeah. you know yeah. he's yeah. he's drunk. Yeah, yeah. He, he 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 can handle himself if he's just buzzing. But man, you get him once you get him sauced. Just don't talk <laughs> shit. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> just just be careful because he will he will he will let you have it. No. He's changed now, though. You know, uh, that was uh, Leo, or as yeah. I call him, affectionately Polo, in his youth. Since he got married and has three kids, he's just a different kind of guy. Uh, he is, of course, turning a bit gray. He's got a, <laughs> a furrowed <laughs> brow now. But he's got three kids and a wife that love him to yeah. death. And uh, it's just more of an extension of the family for me, so yeah, and shit, Mike, Mike, fuck, I think I met Mike when I was 15 years old. Yeah, and he's been with me since my kids growing up. Um, me getting married, me getting out of trouble, getting into trouble. Mike was always there. He was either fucking standing next to me at a fucking courtroom, and I'm not saying I was fucking uh, the best fucking kid growing up, but you know, uh, we we shit, we've been through so much, and uh, and being able to be here today. And tell these stories, it, it makes me proud, you know. So as as well as good, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah guys, sure. you know, any any other questions that come up? That of course, of course. Yeah. Well, I got a hundred. I got a hundred questions. <laughs> I'm just having a good. This is a good. This is a good time. So so all right. After the steel eagles, you got the the cat models. That was next. Yes. The cat and were, interceptors. Were, were those for jealous. were those for like police officers or were those for military guys? Actually, also? the the uh, first run of interceptors. We sold to uh, a police department uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. You know, okay. We had a good run, and, and the cats and the interceptors, uh, along with the Steel Eagles, those were our primary models for quite some time after that. So, we, so we couldn't keep up production even on those. So those ones kind of pushed the company for yes. the first several years? Yes. Right on. Yeah. So who was... Oh, sorry. No, no. You don't. So, who was the first outside designer that you guys worked with? Uh, besides, well, I, you know, the the people that you started with. Um, yeah, the first design that Tom that Brown was, was probably Tom the first. Brown, yeah. okay. Tom Brown was, was the Tom first Brown. outsider. Yeah. Um, and then um, 
we did several models for uh, Dr. Ron Hood, who passed away several years ago. He was a, a very good outdoor educator and, and made quite a few videos in his time and uh, uh, certainly was well-respected. Uh, we made the Anaconda models yeah. for him. As a matter of fact, I do recall that we... Um, made one of the large anacondas, and it was presented uh, to at a retirement ceremony for a gentleman in the Pentagon. And um, he had that sitting on his desk, I guess, until his final days that he retired. And that gives us a lot of pride. We even um, made a special model for, and I preface this with, don't take it to politics, whichever side you're on, it doesn't make any difference. But we had a request to do a knife for President Bush, Bush yeah. and um, senior? No, this was the, our last Bush, the okay. younger Bush. Yeah. And um, it was a Mission Team Twenty One. It was a Mission Team Twenty One, and uh, we have a, a handwritten note, hand signed, from him thanking us. It was uh, a joy for him, and uh, I, from what I understand. It was presented to him by the governor then of the state of Idaho and uh, sits in the uh, museum that they have now where they, each one of the presidents has a library. It's sitting there. So That's cool. I got to go see that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. I, I remember yeah. hearing about I remember hearing about, about that, two, but I didn't but know it was on display yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So what uh, What was – so that so started in 98. The tracker was like 2003. Uh yeah, two thousand. So what other what other like big models did you have, kind of before that, before the tracker stuff? Maybe stuff that we still make, or mm. even stuff that we don't. Oh, I think steel uh, eagles were were close. Yeah. I mean, not dumbass screaming eagles. Screaming eagles. Yeah, okay. screaming eagles yeah. were close, and 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 that, um, you know, back then core rap, core rap was big. You know, a lot more people were, were want a core rap now. You know, you do it on, by yourself. You know. Yeah, now it's like people would rather do it themselves. Yeah. They'd rather just get it with handles. Yeah, because yeah, now there's YouTube to look pick. up how to yeah. Yeah. do reps. Our, our competitor yeah. was uh, out there in, in the front row at that stage. One of the very few people that, um, as a proud competitor of ours, uh, was out there in what was then the, uh, not the birth of, but certainly the strong movement in the tactical knife market, and that was uh, Strider Knives, and they were really big on cord wrap, and, uh, yep. and the marketplace really took to it for quite some time. And they had they had their unique their unique cord wrap that that if anybody copied, you could tell. Okay. Um, so so I remember I remember they. So you knew right away. You yeah. could tell by the cord wrap yeah. that it was yeah. theirs. Were you and we were at a blade show, I think it was, and and the Strider Boys, what we called them, because those two brothers. I remember uh, they flipped a table on, on the guy that had a, uh, that yeah. had a bunch of their knockoffs in the same fucking... Flipped the table? Yeah, flipped oh, the table. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, remember that, Mike? Yes, he was, yeah. he was a man of oriental persuasion and uh, said that he had... Uh, I, I remember that because I just saw it from not very far off that uh, he had made these models uh, to show the Strider fellas how, how well he could produce and help them. And of course, that was just was nonsense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they, Crazy. yeah, the Strider guys turned the table upside down and never looked back. So, so how far into when when Top started, did 
you guys start seeing Chinese knockoffs? The the very first counterfeits that I saw it was brought to our attention by uh, Aaron. I remember, and that was um, at a a truck stop, which is right at the edge of our community, and in the showcase. And uh, he said, "You know, I think there's a steel eagle in the showcase." I didn't know we were selling any to them, and uh, the uh, I went down there and uh, looked at it, and it was a um, not. I keep rolling on. <clears throat> yeah, you can keep talking, or you can yeah. you can say I need some water. That's yeah, I need some some water. I'm running on the dry stage right now. At any rate, the um, uh, I called the manager over and. Uh, um, this young lady said to me, I don't understand what you mean by the knife being a counterfeit. I bought it from a, uh, rep down at Salt Lake City. And I explained to her that the real ones were made right in Idaho Falls by hand and, and that what she had was a counterfeit. And, uh, much to my surprise, uh, I, she said to me, well, if you can sell me a knife at the price they sell it, which was about nineteen, or that she paid ten dollars for it and was selling it for nineteen ninety five. Oh my god! And it had our trademark on it and all of the bits and pieces. You could see that it wasn't uh, what I would say is a quotes real piece from Tom. It was camel too, I yeah. remember. And and uh, camel on it. This this woman, I I said to her, don't you have any any civic pride and and you know respect for things being made in America? She said, no, I'm just interested in the price. And uh, that was my first exposure to uh, being surprised that people were knocking our knives off. And then uh, I saw, or I should say I heard from uh, one of our founders, Bill Hill, who was still in the SEAL teams in San Diego, that he had been in the uh, flea market on the weekend and found a uh, knockoff or what he thought was a um, cat, and he sent it. He bought it for five. I say again, five dollars. <laughs> so after my blood pressure ran through the roof, I talked to a couple of people who had been in the business a lot longer than I have, and they said, "You know, Mike, it's just like um, pissing in the wind. It's not much you can do about it unless you turn around." So uh, we've lived with that, and I think damn near every model we have has been copied by people of the Oriental persuasion. And uh, it's sad, but uh, we're certainly not the only group of people, the knife people that see it, and many of the other uh, notable knife manufacturers like Chris Reeves and such, they, we all get counterfeited. And uh, it just goes with the territory. And uh, somebody said, well, they wouldn't counterfeit you if they didn't think it was worthwhile. So uh, I'd rather do without the the praise from that group of people. And uh, yeah, no flattery needed from them. Yeah, we don't need that flattery. So where, where, where did the dot dash dot come from? The dot dash dot is a military... Shouldn't say military, but it. I used it in the military. It was a, originally a communicator, and we used to do what they called da diddy dot, or Morse code. And in Morse code, the dot dash dot is the um, symbol, or I should say, the sound for the letter R. 
R as in rescue or anything else to do with a Roger, which Roger. is a, yep. a symbol or sound that everybody knows. Roger meaning everything's okay. And uh, we used that on our knives at the beginning on all of them, and it became a hallmark or symbol for Topps knives. And we have, where appropriate, tried to include it. And uh, we had letters from people in the field later on uh, who were preppers and survivalists that used that little dot dash dot to form little fish hooks out of wire. So it had some secondary uses for sure. Well, going back to that China ripoff stuff. Men of Oriental <laughs> persuasion. Men of Oriental <laughs> we persuasion. Can, we, can, we can say China. It's okay. Well, we can say China. It's a, it's, that's the name of their country, right? Yeah. You well, want to sound, so sound big fuck you? Something like the... Something like... Fuck you of the week? Something like 80 to 90% of all of all fakes of, like, everything come, come from, from China. There. Yeah. 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 So, was there ever any, like, just the thought of having, like, a cheaper made version out of, out of state? Like, for... One the more popular models, so that you guys are actually making some of the money from from those shitty. Well, because so it doesn't have to necessarily be bad. For right? those of you not watching this show, the look that Mike just gave to Jesus. Yeah, he wanted to. Was a very yeah. clear answer. Yeah. Should I step that out then? The answer. <laughs> the answer to that question is no. Because you guys had a Leo had a great reason why not, yeah. and so I wanted to see if you know. Right. I was kind of right. just. I just wanted to throw that out there because yeah. no, that like that 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 mo- that look that Mike just gave you was classic. No. no, I didn't feel it, like being classic. You know? oh, it was classic. No, no, yeah. like I've said it before, we we never, we never, we, you know, keeping in America is is has been our our pride, you know, and and not a lot of people can say that. Um, being where we're at, having the models we have, and having it made in America, it, it, you know, nobody can touch that. Um, so yeah, it'll cheapen the brand, right? Absolutely, you 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 lose your name, you lose face, you lose everything because. A lot of people did that back in the day, and I'm not going to even get close to who. They went there, they did their thing, it didn't work out, they tried to come back to America, and, and you have that feeling, are they still doing that and trying to sell American Made? Are they? And, and you, don't, you don't buy comfortable. Yeah. You don't buy, you don't think you're getting quality or, or paying the price that you're paying, and you're getting either made in America or not. You, you know, we don't want people to have that feeling when they buy a Tops. Yeah. So the only caveat to that is we may we have done and may do some collaborations with international companies where Absolutely, but that's, we design that's something a, that they make, but yeah, that, we're that's, not just picking some random no, no, manufacturing no. plant and, and in China. And, and people that are going to hear, and, and Mike, Mike knows about this, we, we talked about it a lot, is it, starting off with a, 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 it's going to be called a Tops International, where it's us designing with and collaborating with other companies that either made make them in China, and and I'm not saying stuff stuff is bad over there, but when they counterfeit us, the counterfeits we, are what's yeah. Bad that's when we send a big fuck you to them. But yeah. but companies making their living out of there, that's totally fine. Yeah. They make good stuff because you know what you're you getting. get the right there if you are, get the yeah, right exactly. companies. Yeah, yeah. You but, pick but the right manufacturer, Jap- and you're gonna get quality. Yeah, exactly. Japan, um, um, Italy. I don't, I don't know. Italy, you know, that's what we're working with now. But but our goal is to be able to offer different folders from parts of different parts of the world, but, but designed but, by us. Yeah, specifically yeah. from companies that have a that have a, a good reputation Absolutely. for building quality. Yeah. But the fixed blade stuff that stays here. Absolutely, that's yep. that's us. Yeah, there's no reason to send no. that anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, you agree, Mike? 
I agree 100%. We've looked at the options over many, many years and have entertained the idea, and uh, we just were not in a position to uh, control the manufacturing process. And uh, we, we eliminated so many people. And right now, uh, some of the folks that we find ideal that put a lot of time, effort, energy, and, and finesse into what they manufacture are a couple of companies that we deal with in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something that, that, like I said, we're going to keep seeing more of. Um, but we'll, we'll do, you know, we'll definitely let people know uh, where it's getting made, where it's coming from, who's, who's making it, stuff like that. Uh, it'll be labeled, well labeled. Uh, and but again, we still control the quality. Every absolutely. one of those pieces gets inspected before it gets sent correct, out. Correct, correct. Just like we do now with our with our our, our uh, MSF, the little yeah, mini scanner folder. folder. It's getting made in Italy. We, you know, I'm not saying everyone's perfect. No, we sent 30, 40 back, but out of 500, that's not bad. You know, and 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 but yeah, we're controlling the quality of it for sure. And and they get they get the same warranty than that we would do of something you know that folders. we made. Yep, yep, yep. exactly. I got a question for Leo. Let's, there we go. Turning the tables. <laughs> I, I I hope I'm here to see it, but I was going to ask him where he thinks the company's going to be in about five years. You know, five years, Mike. It, it's short. It, it, I'm I'm thinking more ten, twenty, Mike. I'm gonna, this company is going to be triple what it is now. Hopefully, you know we can keep adding good good people to the to the. Mike told me one time. I always try to hire. People that are smarter than you. <laughs> That's something that I'm never going to forget. Yeah. And the people that I have are smarter than I am. You know, I, I tell them, and sometimes they're like, you're full of shit because I couldn't do what you do. But in my in my point of view, the people that I hire are smart. They are. Like you guys. I'm not I'm not just saying other people, but you, you know, I got we got good quality people. But 10, 20 years from now, Tops is going to be a brand that just by looking at that logo... And I and I've said this once. You get a Nike sign, put it on a black piece of paper. You know exactly who the hell that is. Tops is going to be that. That's that's who we're going to be in about ten twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You know, ten ten years. Fuck twenty years. Ten years. That's who Tops is. We're going to be uh, we're going to be a company that you 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 look at the blade and you know it's quality and you know it, it, it's it's something that that you your life can depend on and and, and you wouldn't even hesitate in not picking one up and. and and taking it to the field, you know. So. Do you think you can have as much gray hair as I do? Absolutely. <laughs> In ten years, damn. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Spoken from somebody that's <laughs> totally gray or my Snow White now. So that's 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 where the company's headed for sure. Yeah. So Mike, you grew up in uh, you grew up in New York. That's correct. Yeah. 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 What was uh, what was what was it like growing up in New York? Interesting. You know, I watch, I, I watch, I watch, a, I watch, a, I watch that fucking movie, the American Gangster. Oh yeah, and um, and it reminds me, you know, I, I would think of Mike when I was watching this movie because I'm like, fuck, he grew up in this fucking era, you know, because they really like this or are they making this shit up. New York, uh, when I was a young fellow, was uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, both fortunately and unfortunately, it was a. Uh, Great mix of people from all over the world. As a kid, I can remember in our apartment building, a friend of mine, we used to go to his house at least once a week, or I should say his apartment, because 
His mother was the greatest Italian cook in the world. And then we'd go to uh, an Irish fellow's mom. She, she used to make some wonderful Irish stew. And, uh, oh, well, gosh, we had people from all over the place, from Germany, from Russia, a lot of European people that lived in the building. And uh, as kids, we all got along. And unfortunately, as I got older in my teens, there were a lot of gangs, and they were drawn on um, ethnic lines. And uh, life wasn't good for young people. And, and, uh, and uh, unfortunately, prejudice is a bad thing that you learn growing up, or it was a product of your environment. So I was glad to leave New York behind. Did you ever, did you ever, Mike, did you ever keep in, in contact with any of your, like, buddies like that? I, as a matter of fact, one of them uh, quite uh, frankly found me by accident, who I, I went to school with, and uh, that was a long time ago. I guess we we're about 14, 15, 16 years old at that time, and uh, it was nice to, he's retired and living in uh, Florida now, keeping his bones warm. And uh, that's about the only uh, person I can remember. My closest friends were uh, people who were with me in Vietnam. One of the fellows uh, who uh, was happy to put his name to tops and helped us somewhat with designs in the early days is uh, unfortunately in hospice right now. And after a long struggle, he's going to be heading to the other side of the tall grass. I got a few friends like that from the military here, real close to me. It's a, a bond that you have in the military, or I should say when guys are in action, that you just don't seem to form in other places. So mm-hmm. I've got a few good friends. Yeah. I had a question. What what made you want to decide to join? Um, I was, uh, during that period of time, the draft had been going, and uh, I had uh, I had found out that I was going to be called by the draft in a, about a month, and I went into a recruiting office to see uh, what the options were, and uh, this fellow must have seen me coming because uh, he said, you know, if if you enlist, I can offer you a few wonderful opportunities. And uh, I said, well, what's that picture up on the wall there? And they had a Special Forces recruiting poster with a guy in a parachute and another one in scuba gear and another guy doing something or other with a submachine gun. And I said, what do you have to do to get into that? Well, he didn't sucker me, but, boy, he must have seen me coming. And uh, the next day I was on a train heading for Fort Ord, California for basic infantry training. So that was the start of it. So back when you were when you were like say fourteen, fifteen, Mike, did you ever think of making knives? Did you ever think of I loved knives as a kid. I loved knives as a kid and uh um yeah, always had a pocket knife as a matter of fact. I have a knife that I think was made by case, a folding knife that my dad was given when he was a kid. I th- Best I understand, it was probably in the early 1900s, and I've got that knife today, and uh, always had it with me wherever I was at. I'm a knife lover, 
had a drawer full of them before I started with tops and sold most of them, including a beloved Randall knife at the first show I ever did, which was at Bozeman, Montana. And uh, there we went. There we go. Any any memories from that show, Mike? That uh, I, I met a fellow who was uh, in the advertising business, and he said, you know, you need a really good slogan for your company. And I said, well, you got any suggestions? He says, well, you tell me what you think of with this. And I said, well, you know, if anybody has got their back against the wall or in a really difficult situation, a knife might be the difference between their life and their life being taken away. And he says, well, what would you say? I said, well, one knife, one life. And that has become a marketing slogan after that. Wow. <laughs> on, on a whim, and it's stuck. <laughs> We're yeah. all just sitting here smiling. Like, we have nothing else to to follow that. We're just kind of just <laughs> smiling. Is, no, no. I, so I don't know. I just don't know how to describe <laughs> yeah. how excited I am that this yeah, is Yeah, I, I almost tripped yeah. on the way to getting the equipment. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then almost tripped on the way back, so. Yeah, so people you have that, no idea how much of an honor this is to just be, to be able here to sit and, and, and go on to this. It is. We, we say it, but like we really mean it. I mean, it's not. We're not even joking. Yeah, I mean, so the, it's, the, it's, the I think thing is, I think there's a lot of people out there that have never heard Mike like this. Yeah, seriously, a lot. <laughs> a lot of people. Most, I know people have ran people. into Mike at the show, and and it's crazy because still to this day we run to a show, especially Shot Show and, and Blade Show that are the most uh, known shows for us that don't ask for Mike. You know, and Mike hasn't yeah. Mike hasn't done the show, fuck Mike, like three years probably, four years. Yeah, you know, I think it was it when I went with you. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah there he goes. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah, but but hopefully hopefully this this coming year. You know, we at least hit the, the 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 big shows, and then Mike's if Mike's feeling up for it, we're gonna we're gonna definitely be there. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just I just think that people, I think people that that know where the company came from, where you came from, that's that's what makes it as much as the knives. You know that that they know that they know your background, they know they know what you've done, and they know they know kind of where where Tops has gone since it started just all of that is is that's just part of the part of the part of the company it's part of the story and and uh so i it's it's cool it's cool to be yeah, and having see, this conversation and see when when uh there's people that come up especially the people that are that are serving currently and they'll ask us uh, what's what's a good knife that i can that i can take take with me overseas and and we and we and we show them but then we can't back it up you know because they they can ask who are you guys in the military no yeah, but you know we can't really say, oh yeah, but Mike, you know Mike, he was in. Yeah. I can't really say that because you know it's one, I don't know, I don't, yeah, exactly, I don't know if Mike wants me to say that or or you know, but people listening to this will get a better picture of why Tops is who you know why we are who we are. I think know? it's why because you you see the respect from from people that know that know what who Tops is, but nobody knows why. Absolutely, nobody knows why. And then. You talk to Mike, and then you're like, "Oh, that's why." That's why. That's why. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I gotta just interject for a moment. Um, I think that uh, it's only appropriate that I can share the success that I've had, not only with you boys sitting at the table right now, but my wife, who many of you have heard on the phone or received a letter from, is a 
great contributor to pushing with it, you know, and Absolutely. times got tough for us and we were waiting at the mailbox for a check. She'd say, it, it's going to come and everything will be all right. And uh, Leo, a couple of months ago, told me he'd run into a fellow, I think it was in Salt Lake City or at one of the shows that uh, showed him a knife and said, I've even got a letter from no, Helen. this is important. In this is a great show for us. You guys right. were there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Jesus and Jesus and Craig were there, um, and he said, "I still have the letter that came with yeah. the letter with the with the knife," you know. Yeah. And I'm like, "Shit," you know. And that was I, an old and, knife. And, and see, when stuff stuff like that comes up, I would be willing to double what he paid for, mm-hmm. you know, just because of the memory it has for me, especially, but but it has for tops, you know, that I can bring that back, put that letter with that knife, and put it in a frame, which a lot of people wouldn't know the meaning of it, but I would. Yeah, yeah. She tried to do that with everybody in the early days. And it's cool. It's cool to see customers like that that have that same kind of uh, that same kind of respect for yeah. it. They like you could offer them triple and they'd still say no. Yeah, every single knife that left the shop, there was a handwritten note. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, shit. And that's customer service. Yeah, that, that's what brings a lot of the people back. Is just that feeling that they have that they're not, they're not just another client. They're they're getting that something, we care. yeah. That's they're getting it. something that had a lot of care in, go into it, from when they cut the steel all the way up to when they mailed it. So it's. Yeah, I remember when when we got a computer. I think it was from Robert Mike. Yeah, my nephew. We started fucking running UPS for the first time. Yeah, fuck Helen and I were <laughs> completely and it was, changed it was your serious. life. <laughs> it was just it was just Helen and I in the office, and I was helping her. I I got to the shop and I was helping her. And fuck, dude, being able to ship out of the fucking sh- office and not having to run to UPS or the USPS or DHL, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Three places we had to run in the <laughs> afternoon to take these knives to get them shipped. Um, fuck. I remember, like, I think I said it before, but I remember the first order, like, of 100 to 150 knives. Fuck. We worked Saturday and Sunday to get that fucking order done. You know, that was a big order. That was a big order for us. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah. We all put our hearts into it, every yeah. last one of us. So just to, just to fill everybody in that that's listening, th- this podcast is going to be a little bit of everything, shit talking to serious conversations like we are with Mike right now to, to, to you know, just another day at Tops, I guess. Uh, it could, it could, it's going to bounce around. So, you know, for sure people are going to have to wear earmuffs, whoever don't want to hear Jesus and Craig cussing. But, yeah, sorry about um, that, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I'll try to watch. You know how language. bad we are. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, and this. Uh, I'm this rather thing. surprised to hear any cussing coming from our choir boy, Jesus. Balance, balancing everything, right? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yin Yang, man. So, so uh, you know, let's not let's not wear Mike out with 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 all these questions. But this is for sure going to be one of many podcasts to come with Mike. Please, you know, yes, I, I guarantee absolutely. it. I think getting Mike comfortable with 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 going back and forth on these questions. I know Mike has fuckload of fucking stories that we can yeah, tell. Yeah, just just Mike's, like when Mike's going to be the most requested guest for sure. For sure. Just yeah, when I went sure. to with him to one of the shows, just the trip seemed like it went by in a snap because I I didn't have anything to say, anything interesting, but just listening to him. It, it, hopefully, everybody out there can hear even like a fraction of. What I got to listen to. This is the first time for me, but uh, I, I know that there's at least a handful of people out there that 
feel the same way about me as I feel about them. And uh, yeah, we can send a big fuck you to those guys, Mike. It's easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy. But, yeah, know? that's easy. Yeah, that, we have, uh, every, almost every podcast we do, <laughs> we do a fuck you to somebody. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, if they don't have nothing to say, you know, you you keep keep on your keep doing your own thing. But if you guys have some comments, let us know. And if you guys want to hear something different, let us know. Yeah. We're open for ideas too. So yeah. So yeah, in the future, you'll you'll hear from people that to us are super important. Maybe to you guys they're not, but they will be. But they will be because they're yeah. important to us for a reason. Correct. And then, and then you'll get people like Mike, who's actually somebody important for a lot of people more than Absolutely. he knows and it's just you we'll get a little bit here and there and hopefully you guys like this yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be different i, I really think I've, I've listened to quite a few podcasts especially craig you know craig will will tell me listen to this podcast and 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 you know i i, I didn't want to do something the same as everybody else you know this is who we are we're shit talking motherfuckers when it when when we when we when we can, but when we have to get down to business, we're fucking we're busting our ass, we're busting our ass. We're we're doing things the way you know the best we can. So so this is gonna be different. It's gonna be different, but I really think a lot of you guys are gonna enjoy what we do yeah. and how we do it. I think um, we're we're more like the average person that that should talk a lot and are hard workers, and that's just you know everybody out there, and hopefully. This resonates with them. If you're going to talk shit, make sure you can back it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I should probably stop. I should probably shit stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> anybody should stop talking shit, it's me. Right well, I, I can sort of back it up because Leo's usually pretty close by. So that's my way of backing backing yeah. up my shit talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I yeah. guess I guess to wrap this up, Mike, thank you so much. This was a, this was a this was an honor. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, and can't and wait to start have you off back to on. start off this podcast. We want tops you. talks, tops fucking daily grind, whatever it is that we're gonna call this podcast. Thanks, Mike, for for being our first guest to start this off. Um, we couldn't have had anybody better. Seriously, to to be able to to initiate this, you, you know, you're you're the you're the perfect fit for a Mike, and we really appreciate you having you on. And from my side. Thank you all for being my family. Couldn't Absolutely. ask for a better one if, if we'd made you ourselves. Thank you again. Love you.